Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Uh, how many guys uh, enjoyed Thanksgiving this week? Was it amazing? Come on. What is your favorite part of Thanksgiving meal? I want you to share it with somebody next to you. Just talk about that for a second. What was your favorite? What is your favorite? Maybe what was your favorite? Tell somebody. There's so much to talk about. I know it. Come on now. There's so much. We had such a good time. My, uh, my family and my wife and I, my wife stayed back. I took the kids on like a three-mile hike. And I know that sounds like a joke to some of you guys. And I know I'm not the avid hiker, but my brother-in-law is, and I'm super competitive. So I'm not going to lose to him, you know, like he's a hiker. And I'm like, so am I, buddy, let's go. And I'm going to die carrying my kid up a hill, but like I'm in for it. And we hiked like the, the mountains of West Virginia. We went to the old coal mines. I mean, it was crazy, y'all. Like my kids, I have a deep respect. They beat me up this hill. Like they're just better. You know, dad's the moment when you're like, when is my kid going to beat me? Like it already happened. My kid's five. <laughs> it, I didn't expect it, but I was like, that's amazing. Way to go, man. But I started thinking about that Thanksgiving meal. And if you didn't say macaroni and cheese, like you're just wrong. Like it's got to be the best macaroni and cheese ever. I don't know. It makes a meal. What did y'all say? If you said turkey, you're, you're really wrong, honestly. What was the best? Collard greens, come on now, Who? Oh, come on, let's go. What else, what was the best? Sweet potato, sweet potato. my wife made some good sweet potato casserole, I ain't gonna lie, thank you, Shannon. What else, what, what's the favorite? Stuffing, yeah, you gotta have the right stuffing, yeah. Maybe it was wrong, maybe mac and cheese isn't the one, but there's so many good ones. But I was thinking about that day, man, and I was, I was just processing the day, I was just thinking about like, that meal was so good, and after that meal, like, I remember my mother-in-law coming to me. She was like, you want some cake? I got an amazing homemade cake. And I was like, I, that sounds amazing, but I'm so full. I don't, I can't, right? Anybody get there? Like, or you just kept going until you got ill, right? <laughs> yeah, you just kept going. Like I had plate number five. No, I mean, I, I started thinking about it though. And I was like, now, how many of you, I got a question. How many of you didn't eat until Thanksgiving dinner? One, two, yeah. There, we, there are some of us in here, like we're saving up. Like this is the meal I wait for all year where we all come together and bring the greatest dishes ever. Why would I waste the greatest dishes ever on this little like peasant food, honestly? You know what I mean? Like I'm not eating like the scraps. Like I'm waiting for the, the deal. Sometimes it's what we don't eat that prepares us for the meal we were made to eat, you know? that allows us to really dig in and have all we were made to have. Enough to where we were so full, we couldn't have anything after that because the meal was what it was all about. I believe this today, the title of this message, let's, let's be being filled. 
Let's be being filled. Let's stay in this consistent place. This is our invitation from God, like to be continuously overflowed, full to the point where like, I come along and I'm not even really hungry because I'm so full. I don't even have a need in my heart right now because I'm full. We were made to be filled. I want to continue in the series. We're just walking through the whole book of Acts. And I think there's a lot of questions around the filling of the Spirit. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And we're going to start in Acts chapter 18. And in Acts chapter 18, verse 3 is where I'm going to start. I'm going to paraphrase some stuff. And then we're going to go into chapter 19. And that's really going to be where some of the meat is for us. So if you don't remember, the background of this is Paul went to Athens, Greece. Uh, He went to the very religious people. He was basically kicked out. This is his story. Like eventually people get hacked off at the message of Jesus. They start threatening business. They start threatening the way of life. It ultimately threatens their kingdom because Jesus is the king and no other king can stand because it's just true. I don't know about you, but I'm not the king. He is. His message divides and many people kick him out of this town. Well, he finds himself going down. Uh, He left Corinth and then he goes into Greece and he meets uh, a Jew named Aquila and Priscilla. And he goes to this place near Ephesus. And in verse three, it says, Paul lived and he worked with them for they were tent makers just as he was. This is the very first moment we see like networking becoming a, a, like a, a thing. And I just wanna invite you into like understanding that where God has you today, like the unique business spot that he sent you, Paul, I don't know if you know this, was a tent maker. And so it said that maybe Aquila was somebody that he met making tents. He reaches this family, and this family then joins in this ministry to transform all of Greece. I just encourage you, the network that you sit, God has placed you there. And I believe that as we are filled to the point of overflowing, that network is going to experience a brand new way of life. Like fresh water is gonna flow through you. That's why he sent you there. So if you need brand new purpose and you wish you had a different kind of stage, you don't until you do. So right now, the stage you sit, God has placed you there, receive it and and Lord, fill us to overflowing that others would experience you because guess what? Nobody else is there but you right now. Come on, pastor. You're going to be the greatest pastor at your business. Come on. Let, be filled and let them experience Jesus. He has sent you there. Don't lose sight. But Paul's a tent maker, and Paul was kingdom networking here. Paul wasn't preaching to fund his business. Paul's business funded his preaching. That was his lifestyle. I'm not preaching to get money. It was just the way of life that I do. So whether I'm on a stage or I'm doing business, my life never changes. So whether you find yourself in a different stage one day or the stage you are today, you're going to be doing the same thing. You'll not do a different thing with a different stage. You'll never do it. Receive that with thanksgiving because he sent you right where you are. I pray you find purpose right where you are. In verse four, it says, each Sabbath found Paul at the synagogue. He went down to the churches and he was trying to convince the Jews and Greeks alike. And then after Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul spent all of his time preaching the word. So I'm working, building tents during the week. And on on the weekends, I'm going down to the synagogue. I'm going to preach. But finally, these two guys come down to bear some of the burden. And he says he spends all of his time now preaching the word of God. What we do in numbers. He testified to the Jews. This is what he was saying. Jesus is the Messiah. 
If you don't know what to say, like just invite people to know Jesus. It's all about Jesus. But when they opposed and insulted him, Paul shook the dust from his clothes and he said, your blood's on your own hands. I'm innocent. From now on, I go to preach to the Gentiles. Come on. Anybody want to leave your place of work? Like, I'm tired of dealing with you all. Like, your blood's not on my hands. See you. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I pray the Lord gives you wisdom in that. I pray the Lord gives you wisdom in that. But there does come a moment where Paul's like, look, I've done what I could and you still reject me. So I got to go somewhere because the Lord's told me to go somewhere different. And here's what happens. I think in Jesus's most famous sermon, he preps us for what comes our way when we follow Jesus. In, in Matthew 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, God blesses you when people mock you and, he perse and persecutes you and lie about you and say all kinds of evil things against you because you're my followers. Be happy about it. I don't want to hear that. Be very glad, the New Living Translation says. Be so glad. I've been just pumped, man. I got rejected. This is a great day. Doing something right. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. It's like a perspective shift. Many of us lose sight of, of rejoicing because we're so focused on wishing we had different circumstances. And he's saying, realize that like, we're going to see the fruition of this later in eternity. But right now, it's not so easy. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. This is out of the mouth of Jesus. He told us. He prepped us. And as he says that, I'm like, man, some of us are like, man, I really shouldn't feel this way. Anybody? I really shouldn't feel the way I feel. I really wish I had a different family. I wish I, I, wish I felt. I get it, man. I've been there. Here's what I love about this story, and I pray this is really encouraging to us, because I feel like a lot of times I sat through and be like, I should feel differently. I should feel happy. I'm just not. But just not happy. Things aren't going your way. Listen to this. Go back to the story in Acts 18. And one night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, and he told him, don't be afraid to speak out. Don't be silent. I'm with you. No one will attack and harm you. For many people in the city belong to me. So Paul stayed there for the next year and a half teaching the word of God. Does anybody, when you think about Paul, you think about him going and he's like, blood's not on my hands, everybody. I've come in and did my work and I've been beaten with rods. I've been, I've been like uh, stoned to death. I've been raised to life. Like Paul's like superhuman. He has no earthly emotion, anybody, right? You know, it's not like me. I don't know if I'm, I'm not dealing, I don't know if I'm dealing well with it, honestly. And I've never seen this part of the passage where I'm like, I think Paul might've felt like he was struggling. I think he might be dealing with fear. And God didn't disown him because he's dealing with fear. God shows up in the middle of this fear and he says, I'm with you. Hey, guess what? In this part of the town, I know you're kind of dreading. I feel like this is I'm interjecting my own right here. Give me liberty. I feel like he may have been feeling some angst about this next season of life. Like, I've gone through the ringer. I'm kind of afraid and I don't want to feel what I've been feeling. I'm kind of tired of being rejected. I think he was pumped when two friends showed up in his life. Anybody feel like you've gotten there? The kindness of God is like, I want to walk us and myself even out of this place of shame. Be like, man, I shouldn't feel this way. And God isn't even afraid of Paul potentially feeling fear. He shows up in the middle of his fear and here's his word to us. I see you right where you are. I see you. 
I'm not afraid that you're afraid. Guess what? At just this right moment, I've got you right here where you are. You see the beautiful tapestry of God even bringing us into this room. Did you need encouragement today? I pray this is God's word. This isn't my word. I didn't make it up. I'm just reading you his words. Can you see the kindness of God to bring us even in this room? Like, Lord, thank you. Maybe you need to hear that. I'm with you. I'm not far from you. I'm not afraid that you're afraid. But here's the shift. You don't have to be afraid because what? My people are here. My people won't harm you. My people won't hurt you. The beauty of God's people do God's stuff. They won't do anything that I wouldn't do. They're my people. What does this look like that, he, that we are his people? What does that even mean? We are his. I believe the next part of the passage, you're like, okay, why? What does it look like to be his people? What does that even mean? I just want to show you what it looks like to be his people. And this is what changes our life. Chapter 19, I want to read one through seven. While Apollos was in Corinth, and now this guy, he's kind of, I kind of skipped it, I think, a couple of chapters ago, but this guy actually is like a, it says that he pastors and preaches with enthusiasm. Like when people listen to them, they're like, that guy's amazing at speaking. Apollos is like an amazing speaker, and he's preaching the word of God because he knows it well. But it says that, I think it was Priscilla and Aquila, right? Adam, you're my, my helper. Like, Priscilla and Aquila are the ones who go to Apollos and they help him navigate the message better, right? Okay, right. Priscilla and Aquila hear this guy talking. They go to him. Listen to this. This is a new one. Their message is off. Let's go talk to him. To him. That's a word. That's what God's people do. Let's go to him. Maybe he just doesn't know. Guess what? Apollos just didn't know. Apollos received it. How quick are we to hear a message? We go, that, guy, that is just, that guy's following the devil. Let's talk about him or her. Let's talk about him. Don't, don't go near them because they're doing some weird stuff. Go to him. Don't post a social media video about him. Go to him. Go to him. Aquila and Priscilla went to Apollos. And now guess what? Apollos then starts pe- preaching powerfully because now he understands more fully. Then while Paulus was in Corinth, he's now in the story with all these guys. Golly. Man, obedience sometimes looks like death, but it always leads to life. Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reaches Ephesus. Same book written to Ephesus is Ephesians. He written to the Ephesian people. And if Ephesus is on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them? This is super challenging for me. Not anybody understands. Like believers, I don't know fully what that is and what he even saw in them to even ask this question. I wish we knew more. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. They replied, the baptism of John. And they replied, they replied, the baptism of John. Verse four, Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. 
But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. Now, when I hear people talk about this, we like to pit like repentance against like the grace of Jesus, but they go hand in hand. The scripture says that basically John prepared the way. John prepared the way for the one to be seen, even to have a felt need that I want something different requires us sometimes to not eat some of the things we're eating so we're hungry enough to want the good meal. Paul said John's baptism is called to repentance from sin, but John himself told the people, believe in the one who would come later. And he said, meaning Jesus. Let me tell you the more full scope of the story. So if you're big on preaching repentance, great, but it can't stop there because the message continued. Let's go. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and they prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Now, there's a lot of things where we pity, pit things against each other and we say, man, like the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit to come, tongues must happen. I'm just gonna tell you in some of the other letters, Paul asks, does everybody speak in tongues? Seems to think no. So I would say it's not the full evidence, but I guarantee you there is evidence when the Holy Spirit does come. If the Holy Spirit has come upon, Spurgeon says you will never doubt whether or not he's come. You won't doubt. And I, I promise, just from personal experience, I, like when he came to me, I, I was so shocked and I was so sure that he's real finally for the first time. In my life. I'm like, he's actually real. And I can't even describe or understand it. I don't understand and I've seen the Holy Spirit come in power and like, boom. And I've seen him come when people preach. And I've seen him do different things where it's not quite preaching. There's a gray in this where there's not formula. He's a person. And he's invited us to have relationship and receive him. I think I want to leave it as gray as that for a moment because I got questions about it too. I don't understand. But, but as Jesus continues in the Sermon on the Mount, I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit fills those who are hungry. And he says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Listen, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. And I believe even in this room, there's, you will be like, man, I really wish I was hungry. I promise you, if you are here, you have some element of hunger. Just want to encourage you with that. You showed up today at a four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. There is an element of hunger for you to be sitting here today. Blessed are the hungry. I want to say, man, you, you are blessed. This is from Jesus' words, not mine. You say, man, I really wish I was different. You're here. I think you're hungry. He says, you're, you're blessed. Prepare yourself because he says, they shall be filled. You will be full. Don't leave the meal on the table. Father, would you give us a holy hunger today? One of the commentators says, it's impossible to trust fully. Listen, listen. It's impossible to trust fully the Messiah Jesus if you are still refusing to repent as John baptism prepared the way for Christ. Turn from your worldly trust. There is one who can and is coming again and he's worthy, but you can trust him right now. Now, 
John prepared the way by saying, turn, don't eat some of the junk. And if you don't eat some of the junk, you're gonna see more clearly when Jesus shows up. And then when you taste it, it's gonna be more wonderful than you could have ever imagined. There's a mystery in here. What is that meal? I invited Adam. I would love Adam to come and share for us. What is this meal that we're invited to come and, and eat? Adam, would you come share with us? What'd you say? Do it, man. Jay told me uh, during the conversations uh, that I was going to share a little bit. Jay's a little bit better on the spot, but I was just thinking about a couple of things. First, I just want to add before service, praying and reading, and I feel like the Lord gave me the same word that He gave Miss Ashley. The Holy Spirit really stirred in my heart, and He said this. He led me to Colossians 1, and it says this in verse 21 We were enemies of the Lord in our minds, but it goes on in verse 22. But now he's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. See, if we repent and trust in the Lord, then we're clothed in Christ's righteousness. Like the academics will argue it's imputed righteousness, it's imparted righteousness. All I know is that Romans says it's credited to our account. So there's no accusation against us because Christ's work on the cross was complete. So if you hear accusing thoughts, that's not from the Lord. Just like my friend Sherry from Romans 8, nothing can separate us from the love of God if we're in Christ Jesus. And so I was processing. Actually, last week while Jay was preaching, I was listening to the sermon. But I was also processing at the same time for in Acts 19. And I was just thinking about the Holy Spirit. We got here in chapter 19, Paul saying, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And I just started processing. Going through the book of Acts, we've been preaching through, and I just glanced. I mean, this was literally, you know, like a two-minute version. And I'm going through, and I'm thinking about all the times where the Holy Spirit's fallen on people. We've got Acts 2, Pentecost. We've Acts 4, Holy Spirit comes, and it shakes a whole building. Acts 8, Peter and John place their hands on them. They receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 9, Paul's filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 44, while Peter's still speaking, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 13, 52, the disciples had been persecuted. And it says, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and with joy. It doesn't say anything about speaking in our tongues or prophecy, although those are common. But it just says, filled with the Holy Spirit, joy. This doesn't even talk about the visions. Acts 19, when Paul placed his hands on them, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we didn't get to it, but six verses later in Acts 19, verse 12, it says that Paul touched these handkerchiefs. And the handkerchiefs cured the sick. And then actually the handkerchiefs cast out demons. It wasn't Paul. This was the same Holy Spirit. And I'm not even like hitting all the visions that people receive, Peter and Paul receive throughout Acts. What I'm saying is that Holy Spirit keeps coming. He keeps moving. He keeps speaking. He brings to mind this verse in Colossians 1 saying that if you're in Christ, there's no accusation against you. You've been clothed in Christ's righteousness. You've been made holy. Now we still pursue maturity. We'll still, still pursue, pursue completion. But there's no accusation. That's not the Holy Spirit's voice. That's not the Lord's voice. We have the same Holy Spirit. And so I ask you, just like Paul asked these people, is like, have you received the Holy Spirit? And I would say, if you profess Christ as your Savior, Romans 8 and Ephesians 1 tell us we have the Holy Spirit. It's a seal. It's a deposit within us. But at the same time, as we go through the book of Acts, we see that there is this, there's this component of the Holy Spirit that's filling 
and stirring and healing. And he's far better than we can realize. I've been processing, I've said it before, like last words. You know, Paul's last words. Paul's in this prison. It's called Mammer Time. If you think about Paul's prison epistles, he's like, he's chained kind of in an apartment unit to a, a Roman soldier. But his last books, when he's written, writing to Timothy, and he's like locked in a dungeon, cold, dark, wet. You know, one of the things he says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift that was given to you through laying on of my hands. So I just want to pray. If, if we can pray for you, maybe that the enemy is accusing you of things. We want to speak truth over that. We want you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're not totally sure about this Holy Spirit. We'd just love to pray for you. Something that happens when we put our hands. It's not magical. Paul said this in Romans chapter 1. He says, I long to be with you that I might impart some spiritual gift. There's something that happens. James talks about it too. So we'll lay our hands and pray. So if you'd like pray, prayer, we're going to have a prayer team up here. She's going to lead us in worship. And it's, if we can pray to silence any accusations that you're hearing in your mind, it'd be our privilege and our honor. If we can just pray just a fanning of the flame of the Holy Spirit, we'd be so honored to do that. Like Jay said, if you're here, then there's something. There's hunger enough to come. There's an ember. I don't know what the size of the fire but the Lord can blow on us. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll invite you to come up. Lord, I just pray that your spirit would be stirring and moving in this room, just like we read in the book of Acts, when you shook buildings, when you, when you gave joy, even when the disciples were persecuted, you filled them with Holy Spirit and with joy. I just pray for a filling of joy, a filling of hope. I pray that when we're feeling discouraged, just like Paul in Acts 18, would we know that you're with us? We can be real about our fears, about our discouragement, and our hearts will be so convinced that you're with us and you're for us, just like you spoke to Paul. And we know this is true because you've given us Holy Spirit. So Scripture says that we are in you, you're in us, even as we sang earlier. I just pray for a fainting of the Holy Spirit in this room. Come, Lord. We know that you're with us, but Holy Spirit, would you just come in greater measure? Should be touching our hearts, touching our minds, touching physical bodies. If we walked in with pain, Holy Spirit, would you just be removing the pain so that your kingdom would come to earth on earth as it is in heaven? So we just pray pain leave right now. We just pray the Holy Spirit would be manifesting in a way that brings you glory as for your glory. And as you're touching, as you're stirring, as you're speaking, as you're healing, we would share this with other people just to birth hope and encouragement, to share of your goodness. Lord, I just pray that we would have hearts that are just in awe and wonder of you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. Holy Spirit, would you be stirring in us? Would you be speaking? We invite you to come. Just pray, as, as Jay said from Ephesians 5, that command Paul gives, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to be filled and we know you're the one who pours it out. So we're, we're ready to receive. Would you pour more of your spirit? Increase our hunger for you. Would our, would our hearts be filled with freedom because there's no accusation made against us. We're holy and blameless in your sight. Thank you, Lord. Just pray that, that freedom is what's happening right now. Freedom in hearts, freedom in minds. Thank you, Jesus. We know where the presence of the Lord is. There's freedom. 
Lord, would you be birthing freedom in this room right now? Thank you, Jesus. this time up uh, just for time of prayer and then I want to share just a little bit more but if, if that's you you're like man I'm, I'm hungry I, I just want more of him I just want to open this place up here and we just want to set this aside for time of prayer we just come we're just going to get on our knees and just ask him for more and this isn't a place where feel shame like man I haven't I should no if, if you're hungry in that way blessed are you you've come to the right place tonight he, he wants to meet you here that hunger is from him would you just take a step of faith and say, I've got to move from where I am to maybe where I'm not, and I need your help, Lord, so to do it. I'm going to open this time up right here. Let's, let's ask him for more. Let's have time of prayer. Let's just hit our knees for a moment. And then i got a, a word for those of us who have experienced even more. Let's be being filled. Let's move. The key to the filling is the person of Jesus. We seek the person of Jesus. The spirit of Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the center of what we're talking about. Surrender to Jesus who will fill, fuel over and over. I wanna tell you what happens when we uh, get filled and he fills us and we're filled with excitement and we go into our lives and we go, and everyone's gonna feel what we're feeling. Everyone's gonna know and see. And I believe this is what he writes in Ephesians chapter five, to those 12 people who've experienced the power of God. And I wanna read a verse to you because I believe it's our commissioning, it's our sending, it's even an invitation for some of us who've experienced the presence of God. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time. The days are evil, he says. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. And that word is to be continually being filled. Why would he tell somebody, don't get drunk with wine? Here's what I believe. When you are so excited about what God is doing, you go into a world that beats you down and doesn't receive what you do. The temptation is, I need to medicate my pain because I've been rejected. And he warns them very specifically, the Ephesians, the 12 guys were Ephesians, filled with the Holy Spirit. Hey, don't lose sight. Don't go home and get drunk. Be in your sadness. But be continually being filled. And here's what this life looks like. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing melodies, making melodies to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ. Why would I ever do that? It's because I must come every moment of my life and I want to receive the message that, that uh, my brother brought to us. I want to receive this message. This message is the good meal that we are seated with Christ when we were buried with him in baptism. We were covered by Christ. Christ covers me. I receive that. I eat that. I feast on that. And every other message is less than the main meal. I don't need anything else other than what Jesus said about me. And he said his righteousness would be mine through faith. I received that from Jesus himself. Thank you, Father. Now it moves my heart to thankfulness. Now I'm able to sing. Now I want to welcome you with songs in my heart. But not until then I feast upon the right meal. Turn from the other meals. This is our message of repentance. Turn from self. Turn from fulfilling your own desires. Turn from making yourself right. 
turn and expect the one who makes us right. Jesus came. He did what he said he would do. He is the one, and he makes right any who come to him. Receive that. If you've come to him, you've been made right. Start standing in it. Have it. Feast on it every day. This is the meal that we are invited to come to the table and eat. What kind of meal is this? Don't even feel right. It's so good. Lord, that you're so kind that all the wrath that we deserve was poured out upon yourself. And now we stand before you holy and blameless. If you were in Christ, I pray that you hear this message to you. Would you feast on this? You are holy and blameless because of what Jesus has done for you. Feast on that. You are holy and blameless. You are not broken. You're not a mess. You're not second. You're holy and blameless. I don't feel holy and blameless, but you are holy and blameless. Stop eating the meals over here. The meal he invited us to eat was himself. Feast upon me. What does it even mean? This message is the good news, the power to save. Open prison doors. You don't have to eat prison food anymore. Doors are wide open. Walk on out. Father, I thank you that the doors are wide open. We can walk on out. I thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you. I just praise you. I pray that you would loosen our lips to praise even more. Father, I pray today that this meal, this holy and blameless, holy and blameless meal that's found in you, Jesus, it's about you. You are the king and your word goes. No matter how I feel about it, Lord, I don't even feel that it's always right for me to believe that and receive it, but it is and you said it was so. So I pray, let it be. Thank you that we're holy and blameless today in you. Thank you. And Lord, we ask that this message that's preached as Christ is exalted, that you, Holy Spirit, that you, King, would stretch your hand of healing in hearts and minds and bodies in this room as evidence that the message that you, King Jesus, are who you said you were. Open eyes. Open ears to hear, open hearts to receive. I pray that baggage falls off in the name of Jesus, just falls right off. The chains like the bondage of what somebody has said would be cast away, that that would be cast as far as the east is from the west. And you would hear today the messages, the message of you, the king. You are holy and blameless. You can rest with me, my burden is light. Come learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly. Thank you, Lord, that we can learn from you. Thank you, invite us to come. Pray this in Jesus' name. Let it be so. Now send us, Lord, with eyes to see and wisdom from you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.